On this episode, we talked about living funerals, pros and cons, what may be or may not be missing from a living funeral, would they be awkward, and also kind of touched on disenfranchised grief. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Capal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Capal, psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Welcome back to Let's Talk About Death. Today, we're going to talk about living funerals. All right, Nick, for you who may or may not know what a living funeral is, it's basically being able to experience your funeral before you die. So you set up basically a mock funeral for you. You get to hear what the eulogy is. You get to hear what the pastor or priest will say. Anybody who's coming up telling stories, what they can say. You get to see the flowers, the casket. I think they actually specifically some have the casket or urn out that they select. And they get to go through the actual process of their own funeral. Now, Nick, I'm going to let you handle this one first. In the psychology field, how do you feel about that kind of, like, how does that? So I have multiple thoughts. So here's the first thought. I want to be very clear that I think... My personal opinion of a regular funeral is for the survivors, right? The survivors of the bereavement. Um, living funerals are are done for the person that's dying. I believe that these living funerals are really good for the person that is dying. Um, they know that inevitably in the next couple months they are going to pass away. They have this thing that is one last, like, Hurrah, right? One last goodbye. However, when it comes to the psychology behind death, it worries me because it separates society from having to deal with death, right? We're having this, I I don't want to say fake party, death, you know, funeral, but in essence, we are. It's, we are trying to, again, avoid death. And that's, I think it's important for everybody that's thinking about living funerals or thinking about going to them. I really, 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 and I'm going to emphasize really, you know, tell you to make sure that you go to the real funeral too, because that's the important one. That is the closure. That is to say goodbye. Um, yes, it's nice to say goodbye to that person. And maybe that is a great experience. You know, one last time that you can actually say goodbye to their face. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we as humans have to be okay being around death. That's part of our life cycle. Just like being born, getting married, um, having children. Biologically, our time does come to an end. And that is an important Thing that you have to start comprehending, not only for the person that passed away, but for your own sake. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, Nick. And I'll actually throw another um, kind of caveat to that. No matter how you're doing, even if you know you're doing this this living funeral because you know this person or you know your yourself is going to be um, not going to be here in the next couple months, whatever, however, a year, two years, you just found out you had cancer, et cetera, et cetera. 
no matter if you set up a pre-funeral, the pre-funeral is going to be way different because emotion is way different. You, families say it all the time. We know mom had cancer. We knew she was only going to last two months. And we thought in our heads, because we have two months, we, we will be prepared for that day. And they always say we were never prepared. You know, so even if you know you're 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 coming to your demise and this is a way for you to experience your funeral with your family, your loved ones, you're not gonna get the same emotions from them that you're gonna get that you would get if you came to the funeral after the so death. I got a challenging topic for you, Ben. If people already struggle with the price of a regular funeral, what makes them want to have this pre-funeral on top of that? I, I, would, I would say the people who are doing the pre-funerals aren't worried about the monetary. I'll be honest with you. But also, I would say I have not had the honor yet of doing a pre-funeral yet. You know, Ida, Michigan, that's just not something that um, our families have wanted. I'm sure Dad and I would be willing and be honored to take care of them if they wanted to have one. But we just haven't crossed that bridge yet. Though I would say, yeah, that would be obviously a thought in their head. Obviously, they know funerals are expensive. Everybody kind of knows. That's kind of the, the 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 stigma, right? Funerals are very expensive. That's kind of how we funeral directors and funeral homes kind of get categorized a lot. So if they they're coming in stigmatized, to, stigmatized. If they come in and they and they know they want to have an extra thing, they they know that there's a cost. We have to keep our doors open, so there's got to be a cost to that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it would be different. It would, it would. I would assume it's less because you're not actually doing the burial. You're not opening the grave. You're not. Oh, absolutely. You know, doing it the cremation itself. Visitation. Yeah, so you're paying for the visitation and funeral, or just funeral. You know, and the pastor, or what, however you want to do that. From my study and from my reading and the research that is done, one of the big complaints about funeral homes and funeral directors and the funeral industry is that it's pricey. So my question is, if living funerals become something, why do you think monetary value doesn't exist for someone living than someone dying? That's an interesting... The psychology behind that. That's what I'm interested in. Why is that different? If we're going to go celebrate someone knowing that they're going to die versus when they actually die. So then my question becomes, how do we as society view death if someone when someone dies are they just not there versus we can actually go spend our money on this you know living funeral we can see this person one last time it's just a party right well and there's also the question too is the person who is dying having the funeral or is it the family having it for them because that's a whole different experience too. Something going back to the monetary thing that I could see happening is they would have the pre-funeral, right? And then when happens, they'll just go direct because they've already the family's already had the funeral. Um, the and that's how Dad wanted to go. He wanted to go out being an experience, being experience with everybody, including himself or mom or. So it's another way to escape. The funeral, the, the actual, death. the actual hurt, the pain of uh, a funeral. Yeah, but Nick, let's let's be honest. That's kind of the way things are going. There's a lot. Um, the trend right now is a lot more direct. There's a lot more direct burials. There's a lot more direct cremation, and that goes back to our our topic point that we're escaping 
death. Right. Well, and we're trying is, to. And the problem is, the is it always kind of comes back up and bites in one way or another. And here's the thing I, I do want to say out to people. Let's be very clear. All right. If you don't want to deal with the death, you are going to spend a lot of money down the road talking to someone like me about how getting over that loss. Or never dealing with it and having even more issues. Right. Relationship issues, issues, health issues. No, but you're you're absolutely right. So we're coming to that same... I think we've we've jumped over this bridge a thousand times. And it comes down to... We really need to focus on the real issue issue that keeps coming up, and this is why we're doing this podcast is the the education on there is a reason there is a reason for a funeral. There's a well, reason and it's also, to also the respect and the the time that's allotted and needed for people to grieve. And like we already stated, some people need that, some people don't. But right. it's giving the opportunity for the people who do need that. Disenfranchise grief. Oh, absolutely. These people that don't feel like they had the proper way to grieve. Disenfranchise grief, for everybody who doesn't understand what what we're talking about here, is the people that feel like they weren't allowed to adequately grieve. So I'm going to give you a story, because this is a great way to explain it. So let's talk about someone who was dating a married person, for 30 plus years, um, the significant other, the the spouse, did not know about this person. The person passed away that they were dating. This person came and talked about how I didn't go to the funeral because I didn't feel like I could. But I had this, you know, r- deep relationship with this person for over 30 years. And that's a disenfranchised grief right there because they society will not allow you to grieve that at that point because technically you did something wrong. You were dating someone who was married and how dare you. But let's talk about the feelings behind that loss for that person. This is the stuff that we're going to come across because we as humans, it's not black and white. Death is not black and white. No, death is definitely not black and white. And it brings out a lot of gray. And the thing is, as a, as a therapist... Um, that's the stuff I deal with, right? Right. But I do believe that there's a lot of people out here, especially, you know, during the COVID thing when grandkids can't say goodbye. Mm-hmm. You know, grandkids can't come to the funeral. Like, this is what, what I'm bringing up is a term called disenfranchised grief. And if you feel like you've ever, you've, you're part of that, um, Look it up. It might yeah, it might help you to know that you're it. not alone. But let's get back to the actual topic, Nick, because you really went on a... Oh, it's a wild west out here with Nick, just shooting up the shooting up the place. Bang bang. Uh, but no, going back to the the living funerals. But also, Nick, let's let's take let's take the let's take the other side on that. So practice makes perfect, right? That's what they say. That's what everybody says. So what if they what if they still want to have both, right? And what if what if in in the perfect situation everybody still goes to both, right? So it's just another way to deal with death, because you're accepting that it's going to happen, and then accepting that okay, it has happened, you know. So maybe you know maybe it isn't. I don't think I, I don't think it's a right or wrong thing, Nick. I I, I want to clarify that. I think there's some good in it because I do think there is bringing some light to that person. Someday I'm going to be, someday this is going to happen without me. So something I brought up at the beginning of the show that I want to clarify. 
I am not saying that I don't believe that a living funeral is a good idea. In fact, I think a living funeral is a really good idea for the person that's passing away because then they can accept their own death, right? Right. The problem is a living a funeral to me as a psychologist in my experience is for that person dying. Correct. A funeral, a it's, real funeral for or else. cremation or uh what what um memorial, memorial service, service gathering. all that stuff. That is for everybody, everybody else. else. Correct. Right? Correct. So what I think is beautiful about a living funeral and I think we as society we struggle with dealing with people that are dying. Mm-hmm. They're very isolated. They're very alone. Most of them now are stuck in in uh, nursing homes or hospitals, right? Right. And they barely get any visitors. It's it's super sad, right? However, this is a good way for that person to have one last party. And you know what I think about uh, uh, a living funeral is is that uh, the Irish wake. Right, the idea we're going to have one last hurrah party. Right, and I'm gonna. And the cool part about it is, I'm dying, but I'm gonna be a part of it. You know right? who? You know who might be really good for the the living the living uh, funeral, the eulogist. You know how they usually have that like that that like uh, open the air like tongue in cheek joke. You know, dad was silly or whatever. Yeah, maybe it drops flat, and then they go okay. I could revamp it. <laughs> I could revamp it. You know, it's, it's interesting. You bring up that they go through the whole process of the funeral. And right. that's why I, I worry about that. Because I think some people would say, okay, I went to that. I don't need to go to this. That's what I'm saying. I can see it being that is the actual funeral or memorial service or however right. you want to dress that up. And I'm going to challenge all that. you viewers out there that you're there is going to be people that want that funeral. Well, when I'm yeah, no, I understand that. And when I'm when I'm what I said Need earlier is funeral. the experience will be completely different at both. And I think the focus is completely different. Like Absolutely. I said, a living funeral is for the person dying. It's for the living. That well, uh, yeah, the person dying, dying. Yeah, right. A funeral, the real funeral, is for everybody else. Well, I want I want to state something too. It's not just people who are dying who have living funerals. It's not always people that are on hospice or. Um, or have been told they have cancer or anything. I, I've heard just people like to do that. They like to experience that before they actually die. So I, I just want to clarify because if somebody's out there and is like, I kind of want to have a living funeral, but I'm not dying. So I'm going to challenge you as a therapist. Oh, here we go. This, if you are not dying, what is the purpose of having a living funeral for them? Maybe they just want to, they just want to experience it. What are people going to say? Who's going to show up? And then my challenge back to that is, do you think the people that are going to show up at your living funeral are all going to show up at your real funeral? It, that could be different. I would I would say there'll be different. There'll be a difference. Well, that's let's just be honest. People with jobs and stuff, they can't get out. I'm just saying in general, I think you're going to have Would there some be some people, people who would specifically want to come to one or the other? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. And there, you might there might be people who are offended by it and won't want to come to the living room. Right. No. So they would not want to be there, but absolutely they'd love to support and be there for your actual funeral. And they might be the people that actually show up at your real funeral too. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's to them that's a respect, that's a uh, in term of endearment, if you will. That I'm going to make it to your. Do you funeral. think you get online condolences for living funerals? Why not? That would be an experience. Ben, if you don't mind, can we just really quickly talk about like? 
What's the process of a living funeral? Who's in charge? How is it done? Who do you call? Where do you go? Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, uh, like I said, I have not had the honor of doing a living funeral yet, so I can't I can't specify exactly how they're done. But I can tell you that there are seminars on it. In my in my opinion, especially with being a Michigan, now this is going back to this is a Michigan funeral director talking about this. Mm-hmm. Could be different state by state. I would assume if they're if you're going to a funeral home to have a living funeral, you'd probably assume you'd want the the funeral director to be a part of it, just like a regular funeral. That being said, because you're not actually doing the burial, you're not signing death certificates, you're not actually going. Well, maybe you're going to the cemetery, but let let's just say for sakes, you're right. not going to the cemetery. Technically, anybody could do it because there's no. It's you. You have not. There's nothing to do with the disposition. There's nothing to do with the decedent. Therefore, a funeral director, it kind of becomes. And I don't. I don't want to say this wrong, but it, it, legally, null and void. It's. It, it, you can. You'll be become a party planner. Yeah, you're a part. You're a planner. You're a uh, pre. Uh, um, just like when you're ranging in Michigan, you don't have to be licensed to be an arranger. That's right. a rescue rangers. No. <laughs> Um, you don't have to be licensed to be a ranger. So in that theory, you, and it could be anybody. The right. pr- the pastor could take over that, technically. You could have it just done in the funeral home, and you could have the pastor basically run through it. Right. You know, Or you could have the family run through it. That's a good question. Would a pastor or a priest feel comfortable doing it? You know, and I don't know. I, you know, and different faiths could have different, you know, and just like every, you know, church has different, every pastor mm-hmm. has a different view on that. And I would assume some dioceses and um, uh, synods and all that might have different views on that. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some more research with my local pastors and priests on that. You know, what? if you are a religious out there, um, priest, pastor, minister, whatever you are, leave us your thoughts. Rabbi. We're interested. We're interested in what you think about living funerals, and would you be willing to do one? Hey, and also, if you're just um, just uh, Joe Public, like, let us know, would you want to go to a living funeral, or would you feel like that's awkward, or would you rather go to a living funeral and not go to the actual funeral, and maybe your reasoning behind it? That'd be nice to read about. And you can, you can do that on... You can do that on our uh, email at letstalkaboutdeathpod at gmail.com. Now, Nick, you know what time it is. It's Q&A time. Q&A, Q&A, everyone loves that Q&A. Everybody loves those Q&A, and we're going to start with this one. Why is there so much controversy around a living funeral? I have a family member who's in their 90s. They have decided to have a living funeral instead of a funeral after they die. I think it's a pretty cool idea, but some of my other family members don't agree with it. Why is it so controversial? First, this, this goes back Virtual. to the first thing that I said on the show instead of a funeral. So they're going to do a living funeral and not actually have a funeral. Look up the term disenfranchised grief. It will come up because the problem is you are not allowing people to grieve properly for that person. I think a lot of that comes down to just the specifically people planning not having a visitation or funeral in general. And, and the theory is in their minds, they think they're assuming 
that it's going to be less less to deal with if nobody has to come see me in a casket. I don't want somebody to see me in a casket. Um, I don't. I, I if they didn't come to see me before, why would they come to see me after? And what the people don't realize is you don't. What people don't realize is the people we touch that we don't know that we touched. And uh, I think that's why it's so controversial. Why is it so controversial? Because it is exactly that. Some people need that experience. They need to see and experience death. They need to know what happened. They need to know that that is the final. That is that person is in that casket. They are dead. They are gone. It's it sounds like such such a simple thing, Nick. But people don't realize. For some people, they need to see it. They need to see it. To you need to see it to believe it. You know, it's like old uh, reading Rainbow kind of time to talk. But that's the experience. Some people don't. Some people don't want anything to do with it. Um, they don't understand. And then other people are like, no, I need a place to go. I need to see it. I need to know that, okay, they are dead. They're gone. Well, and it, it's, but again, the it's, it's a place to say goodbye. Yeah. Let's go on to the next question. I think we answered that pretty well. Um, ben, the second question was, people who have attended a living funeral, how awkward was it? I just recently heard of a living funeral. I didn't even know it was a thing. I'd imagine it might be a little awkward to attend. What do you guys think about it? Well, I'll be honest. Like I said, I don't have the honor of experiencing a living funeral yet to the date. And maybe if I ever have that, we'll have a redo of this question. I would assume it's becoming more of a thing. So some people are really getting into it. Would it be awkward? I think so. I think for me, it would be awkward. I think that's, that, I guess, this is why we're doing the let's talk about death for me and yours experience. I think it would be awkward just for the fact that I have lived a funeral director's life since I was a kid. I don't know any different. Um, I think it would be a good experience, a learning experience. Um, I would assume there's a lot of there's a lot of good things about it, but I think for me, it's like going. It, here's a perfect here's a perfect thing. Like. I'm a, I'm a Catholic. I think we've already talked about the neck. Me and you are both Catholics, born and raised. I, I you know I've been to a couple different you know non denominational Christian because of a funeral director. I see a lot of different faiths and how they deal with mass and service and all that. And every time I go into something that's not Catholic for me, this is not saying anything against anybody else. It doesn't have the meat and the potatoes, you know. And I like my my stews chunky. I want I want. Everything that I'm, I, I, I want, I know what I want, and I want that. That's why I go to the Catholic, that's why I turn to the Catholic faith. So for me, it would be that. I think it would be, this is really missing the point, which for me is death. It's death and grief. So if there's no death, how can you really truly experience grief? Now, as a psychologist, I'm going to flip the coin, because one important thing that a lot of people who are dealing with dying deal with on a normal basis is most people don't want to talk to someone who is dying about death. One very positive aspect to a living funeral is that we are bringing the death to the table. It is there. You can't avoid it. This person knows that they're going to die, and that's why they're having this. One final hurrah, right? I think it's a beautiful thing in the way that people can actually discuss that with the the living person. I have not been to a living funeral, but the the one thing that keeps coming up to me that might be super important for a living funeral is that the person is actually 
going to be able to talk to people about them dying. Well, and another positive thing is the convenience of scheduling. Because you're not on a time crunch, which most funerals are are at at that point, you're dealing with it at need, you do have the opportunity to get more probably people in. They can get their flights in. They can schedule around it. So you are getting that's a good more. That's you good know, and, and that's, that's something I thought about just now is the actual, the convenience of scheduling, if you have that time. And that's maybe one reason instead of, you know, maybe it's not around Christmas. So they're like, I want to get one more opportunity for my family to come in. And everybody that I, I want to be there to be there instead of this is happening in three days. Good luck if you can get flights, all that. So, Well, thank you again for those two questions. And make sure that you question us as much as possible. Question us. Questions the questions. So we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to send the Q&A out to you listeners. And we really want you to think about this and then respond. Would you have a living funeral? Why or why not? And would it be awkward? Or would you think it'd be awkward? You can email us or message us at our email at letstalkaboutdeathpod at gmail.com or message us on Instagram, Facebook, etc., etc. Thank you so much for listening. Because if you ain't talking about death, you ain't living, Nick.